Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Yes, I'm Biased, But Here's Why. I'm your host, Monique James. This is a podcast where we dive into polarizing topics and explore the things that influence how we feel about those topics, dare I say, our own bias. So please, share, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Let's dive in to today's topic. Let's rock. Today's topic is super teams. Yep, super teams, specifically NBA super teams. Ever since the Milwaukee Bucks won the title, people have been railing against super teams. The narrative is that Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, they did it the hard way. I'm, I'm not into, this is what I've been seeing and hearing, I'm not into super teams. Um, this is the way you do it, you grind it out. And so I've been thinking a lot about it because I think that narrative is silly. Certainly everybody has a right to their opinion. I'm, I'm talking about mine. Um, I think we need to talk about what exactly a super team is and whether or not people are really against air quotes super teams or if they just like the illusion that there's a person who is obtaining things in a difficult way. So um, the way I see it, super teams always win titles. If you have a team that is good enough to beat everybody else in the NBA and come out on top, it's a super team. So I think the concept of super team has become something different. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that LeBron James took his talents to South Beach. So I don't really think this idea of a super team makes any sense in the context that it's being discussed. But I will admit, I'm biased, but here's why. When we start to think about um, a super team or just a basketball team in general, let's start there. We'll start, we'll think about a, a basketball team. Here's the reality. I know I'm biased because I played basketball. I, I played at a pretty high level. Um, I chose not to play in college, but not because I wasn't recruited to play in college. I just took a different path. But still, um, I think as an athlete, I have an opinion about it, particularly as a basketball athlete. I have an opinion about it because I saw how teams are constructed from the inside. So as a high school player playing in prep school, um, when I got to my school, it was sort of the beginning of a, a, a strong a strong few years, not more than a few, probably a strong 10, 15 years of, of recruiting. When I got there, we had a really good point guard. It's actually, that was my connection from the AAU standpoint. That's how I got connected to the school. I end up there. Um, after that, a number of highly touted recruits come. Um, the team goes from just being a really good prep team to, and this is beyond my time there, but to being a really good uh, team in the state to being nationally ranked, right? And so the only way you can achieve that is if you have 
several really good players. On the high school level, um, that's one thing. But the further you go in terms of level, once you get to the college level and then the professional level, it is impossible to achieve anything great without as a basketball team without having several very good players. And so this idea that the Milwaukee Bucks were able to win the title that Giannis Antetokounmpo put the team on his back and he did it by himself, it's it's silly. We're talking about a team that has uh, Chris Middleton, who could be a number one on a lot of teams in the NBA right now. Um, they also had Drew Holiday. And then they had a, a, stronger, a strong supporting cast. So it's not like uh, Giannis was out there one against five. And I think this idea that, oh, that he did it the right way, he didn't form a super team, any team that is able to win a title is a super team. <laughs> Like, historically, that just, the idea just doesn't jive because Giannis had um, amazing statistical performances. He definitely did um, to come back from that, uh, from, from a deficit to win four straight games and close it out. Um, I will admit that I was rooting for Phoenix, but only because... I wanted to see Chris Paul kind of shed the choke, you know, the he never doesn't get it done. I wanted to see him shed that. Um, and then also I'm a big Monty Williams fan. So I, I wanted to see Phoenix win for those reasons, but I really wasn't invested in either team. But as I watched the finals, the games that I did watch, Giannis is, uh, he plays a brand of basketball that I'm, I'm not going to turn it on to watch him. I'm not like, oh, the Bucks are playing. I'd love to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo run people over. He's an athletic freak. Um, he is certainly skilled, and he does what he does. And to the tune of 40 and 50 points um, in the finals at, at times, putting up those stats to, to certainly he was the number one player on the Bucks during the finals. However, there were other players on the court too. So this narrative that somehow, um, you know, he did it the hard way, as if winning a title with more highly touted players on the team is easier. That's simply not the case. I think if you look at, um, I, I went back and I looked at the championship players or championship teams over the last 10 years. So from 2011... So this past year, um, so we've got in 2011, the Mavericks beat the Heat. And this is the first year of LeBron taking his talents to South Beach. And I really feel like this is where the hate of the air quote super team began, even though there were super teams before. What do you call a team with Kobe and Shaq? It's not a super team. What do you call a team with David Robinson and Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker? That's not a super team. I never saw people get upset at the Spurs winning. Is the issue that there are several Hall of Fame level or really talented 
players on one team? Or is the issue when players take control of their own destiny? That is what I see as the issue. It's not that these really skilled, high-level players are performing well and, and, and they can potentially win. That's, that's not what I think people are mad about. I think what people don't like is the player saying, I want to play with other really good players. There is this idea, this mindset that you have to languish as you know the lone very good player and you've got to go through blood sweat tears and the mud to win in order for your win to be respected and that's just silly so the 2011 Dallas Mavericks that squad beat the Miami Heat in the first year of LeBron Chris Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade teaming up so think about who was on that roster um the on the Mavericks roster you had Jason Kidd Hall of Famer now the Mavs coach you had Dirk Nowitzki Hall of Famer on that team at the time Tyson Chandler was um a pretty highly touted big you had Sean Marion, who had found a lot of success. You had Peja Stojakovic. Um, Karan Butler was a highly touted player at the time. But you certainly had, in Jason Kidd and Dirk Nowitzki, two future Hall of Famers at the time. And those players were able to, you know, that team was able to overcome the air quotes super team of LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. A lot of people celebrated, and this is way back in 2011, a lot of people celebrated the loss simply because they, they didn't want to see this super team win anyway. So they took that on the chin. LeBron caught a lot of heat for it. Um, I think rightfully so. But then the next two years, the Miami Heat win the title back to back. No need to go through who their roster, who was on their roster. So the Heat were in four straight finals. Um, they lost to the Mavericks, beat the Thunder, beat the Spurs. That next year, San Antonio comes back uh, and beat, they beat the Heat in that fourth straight trip to the finals. Who was on the San Antonio roster when they beat the Miami Heat? Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker. You're telling me that's not a big three? Tim Duncan, Hall of Fame. Tony Parker, Hall of Fame. Kawhi Leonard, in the prime of his career right now, but likely a Hall of Famer. That's not a big three? That's, that's the hard way, I guess. So that, that's the Spurs. That was in uh, 2013. 2014, or um, that was 2014. Uh, 2015, we see the rise of the Golden State Warriors. And this is also the year that LeBron takes his talents from South Beach back home to Cleveland. Um, and that year, the Warriors beat the Cavs. 
Now, we need to talk about this Golden State Warriors squad. The Golden State Warriors had Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and they had Bogut at center. They didn't have much of a, the bench wasn't highly touted, but Steph Curry, Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. Klay Thompson, once he gets healthy, absolutely will be a future Hall of Famer. Draymond Green will probably be on the fringe of the Hall of Fame. Um, and then Iguodala, doubt he'll be a Hall of Famer, but we're talking, we're talking like glue, okay? So we've got Steph and Clay and Draymond Green. That's not a super team. Why is it okay for them to be uh, winners with those caliber players, but it is not okay when you have players who choose to link and get together for the purpose of winning. That was 2015. The next year, we've got the Golden State Warriors and the Cavs, and the Cavs actually beat the Warriors. This was the... The comeback series where Cleveland wins the series. Um, and let's look at this, this Cleveland squad. We know they had LeBron James and they had Kyrie Irving. Also had uh, Kevin Love. That could have been considered a big three. I think that was the idea. But Kevin, Kevin Love was a, was a solid player for them, but he never materialized in terms of being, um, you know, a major, major factor. But... LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, uh, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson. These, you know, a bunch of role players. You had Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye. A bunch of players who just, you know, lunch pill type players. And they beat the Golden State Warriors in dramatic fashion, of course. A lot of controversy around that series and suspensions and all of that. But it's neither here nor there. They go on to win the Golden State Warriors go on to win the next two championships. So 2017, 20, uh, 2018. Interestingly enough, the 2017 squad, after they lost in dramatic fashion to the Cleveland Cavaliers, the next year they get Kevin Durant. So now we've got future Hall of Famer Kevin Durant, future Hall of Famer Stephen Curry, course Draymond Green we've got Iguodala this is absolutely a super team and and people were a little upset at Durant for um losing in the conference finals and then coming to join the Golden State Warriors but people weren't mad at Golden State forming this super team they were mad at Durant, but not necessarily mad at the Warriors. That next year, you get the Toronto Raptors. And although the players that were successful in the Toronto Raptors weren't necessarily, they weren't highly touted or they weren't as highly touted, they were certainly noteworthy players. Certainly. You had, um, you had Kyle Lowry. Kawhi Leonard, 
Danny Green was on that team, Serge Ibaka, um, Pascal Siakam, who was a, a major player. You had Jonas Valachunas, major, major player. So you definitely had a bunch of guys who weren't necessarily highly touted, but were very talented. Fred Van Vliet started to emerge, um, probably earned himself a, a contract, a, a nice contract during that that playoff year. But you you can't, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the noteworthy player on that team and maybe Kyle Lowry because they had gotten rid of, um, I can't think of the, the guy's name who was also with Toronto was paired with Kyle and he ended up getting traded to the Spurs. But they made some shifts and the, the team was successful. I mean, they also had Danny Green, not, you know, lights out three-point shooter. So there was a lot happening. Um, there, there was a lot of talent on this team. And really the point that I'm making is that there's no such thing as not having a, a super team. Any team that wins the NBA title is a super team. Uh, some of the players are more, more highly touted than others, but that's a squad. So that was that was 2019. And then, of course, the the uh, COVID season, um, the bubble season, the Lakers won, beating the Heat. They were, um, you know, that's a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which was really a big two. Um, the rest of that team was, uh, you know, a lot a lot of people didn't. They, a lot of these players weren't highly touted, but they were, you know, the players that made it work. And a lot of times you'll see that with LeBron James's teams. You have a bunch of players who um, can find a role and, and really be successful. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, when you have a team who's able to win a title, that's a, that's a super team. And this idea that players are being soft, air quote soft, or that players are... Um, not working hard or that players are taking the easy route when it comes to teaming up with other players who are really skilled in order to accomplish to accomplish the ultimate goal, which is a championship. That's just a silly idea. If you're an athlete, are you going to opt for being able to play with players who are less skilled or more skilled on your team? Let's take it out of basketball. Let's take it away from sports. You are uh, a business person, whatever it is, whatever field you're in. And you have an opportunity to choose the team that you're around. Are you going to choose the people that you work with? Like, are you going to choose to be with less skilled people? Or are you going to choose to have the people around you who have who are very skilled and who have skill sets that complement yours so that you can be as successful as possible. Would you if you work at XYZ company, you come in every day and you are hands down the most talented person in the room by a long shot and you get an offer to go work in a corporation or in a in a company that has a talented team, would you would you turn it down? 
so that you can stay and be the only and see how much you can help this company accomplish basically by yourself, you wouldn't. It doesn't make sense unless, of course, you like mediocrity. So this concept of I don't think much of teams that win when they have a super team. You look at the New Jersey Nets, they got hit with injuries, but you know, you've got James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving teaming up on the Nets, and the expectation is that they will win a title. Both Kyrie Irving and uh, James Harden were hurt in the playoffs. Kevin Durant couldn't carry them. People, he got flack for that too. Like, you know, you're not one of the best ever because you couldn't beat every other team alone. It's silly. The last thing that I want to just point out is that much of the issue is not with the players on the team or that teams are together um, or that teams are teams have a number of players who are very good um, or who are exceptional where you know ranked in in the top among the top in the league of, of the league I don't think that's the issue I think that the issue is more so that well I think there are two issues one is that players are making these decisions themselves and they aren't waiting to be traded to the right team or hoping that they end up with the right teammate but they are actually making the decision and pulling the strings themselves people do not like it when athletes step outside of the parameters of their of the gaze and by the gaze I mean gate people like fans um gazing at them feel like those players are there for their entertainment and when they do things that um that that people don't approve of then they have an issue if they go outside of this arbitrary these arbitrary rules then people people have an issue with it they got a problem so I think that that's one issue is that these players have taken their futures into their own hands and before I get to the second point I find it interesting there's a there's a contrast or there's a conflict I should say because on the one hand, people say, oh, these are spoiled athletes. They need to play for the love of the sport. They don't care anymore. It's all about money. And then when those same athletes set the financial implications aside and say, I'm going to, they oftentimes have to take less money to play together. I, I'm going to set all of that aside so that I can give myself a better shot at winning because winning is what's important. Then it's, oh, they're soft. They couldn't do it on their own. They, all they care about is all, the, all they care about is stacking their team and they just want the easy road. Which one is it? Is it that you want them to really care about winning and take the steps to do that? Or is it that you don't want them to really care about that? You want them to, them to languish in mediocrity and give all of their blood, sweat, and tears to an organization and to fans only to fail. In order to beat everybody else in the NBA and win a title, you're, you have a super team. And more than likely, you have one or more superstars. So I think um, you know, that, that's my first point. And then the, the second point is there is this false idea that in order for your accomplishments to really matter, you have to take the hard road. That's, that's, that's like the same thing as struggle love. Why is it that I can't 
why is it that my title, my championship, my win doesn't mean as much if I position myself to have uh, the path of least resistance? I still won, didn't I? So the win didn't really count because I had other people around me who also have a high skill level. That's weird. Because when you take it outside of the context of sports, it does not make sense. If you choose to make a different decision so that you can be uh, more effective in what you want to accomplish. You know, you, we're talking about things that you have given your life to. If you're a teacher, you're doing that because you, you care to serve. This is important to you. It's a, for a lot of teachers, it feels like a calling. And for a lot of athletes, that's their vehicle. Um, sports is their vehicle to do the things that they feel like they're called to. And they care about winning. They care about being successful. So if you put those things side to side, if you would not languish in a situation that did not serve you and help you reach your ultimate purpose of winning, if you wouldn't do that, then why do you expect athletes to? It doesn't make any sense. And yeah, I am biased because as a, as a former basketball player, I played with great players. When our teams were successful, I played with great players. You know, middle school, was I probably the best player? Yeah. But I still had to have other players around me in order for us to be any good. So when we reached certain pinnacles, I had other players who were around me. So I'm biased against this idea that super teams are somehow less um, less worthy of, of, of praise and adulation for winning than teams that aren't considered super teams because they don't have the players that, have, or that are labeled superstars. I am biased. And it's because as a former athlete, I know that in order to achieve anything, you've got to have great people around you. That's just the way it is. So thanks for tuning in. Um, really enjoyed getting to get this topic off my chest. Um, if I was rambling, you know, th that's just, I'm just telling you how I feel. I just, I need it. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. So thankful for listeners that will let me, you know, sometimes get things off my chest. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, come back and tune in next time for, yes, I'm biased, but here's why. <laughs>